magnificent morning, folks. This is Jay Jameson with Her Story Podcast. Her is an acronym for heroic, empowering, and resilient. And this is a self-improvement, self-acceptance, and women empowerment podcast. My main purpose is to encourage, empower, and motivate all women by highlighting their personal stories of triumph over adversity. Each of us has a story. Maybe it's an illness, a financial burden, or a dead-end job. In general, unforeseen circumstances can make you feel very isolated and alone. But when you feel like you have hit rock bottom, it doesn't mean that it is the end of your story. It is within the darkest nights we produce the brightest stars. There are women out there who have gone through the very same barriers you are currently facing today, but they didn't give up. In fact, They use their difficulties to mold them into strong and resilient women. And if they can break through their hardships, so can you. Because you are her. Heroic, empowering, and resilient. And great morning, good people. Today is Wednesday. It is hump day. First, let's just take a time to self-reflect and focus on where we are right now within this very present moment. If you're alive, if you are breathing and able just to simply listen to today's episode, you are blessed. Although some days may have, you know, our own difficulties or shortcomings, you can and you will get through each of them. With that being said, I am very blessed and excited today to introduce you to this week's guest, Ten. Hello, Tin. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks for having me. Hi, I am great. I am fine. Trying to cope um, this morning. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a beautiful day, though. Right. Thank God. It's, it's actually a beautiful day right now in New Orleans, but it'll probably rain in two seconds and then the sun will come out again. <laughs> That's Texas for you. That is Texas bipolar weather. So we right. receive it and we thank God that we get to uh, experience different um channels of weather so it's a good thing right amen to that so you are located you said in texas right i am in texas yeah okay well shout out to texas um we have a lot of uh, listeners who are all over but um you know when you look at the demographics of the audience definitely louisiana and texas is a large demographic of the makeup of um the audience of this this podcast so shout out to texas um and as previously mentioned, you know, life can throw you certain curveballs, but the outcome depends on how you actually react to those situations. So bringing it back to the podcast and where we're going to take it today, um, Tin, I really do admire you so much because you are an inspiring individual whose story is really based on the importance of perspective and finding liberation and a sense of healing through it all. Um Often we view rejection as something negative, but in certain circumstances, rejection can be a blessing in disguise. Rejection from friendships, past relationships, or just barriers throughout life is that simple rejection that may change your entire outlook. Our life goals and right, right, and. Again, you know, our life goals and our perceptions, they're often influenced or shaped by our family, right? You know, our our family and our religion and just society. But what happens when you can no longer fit into that box or when you realize that our ultimate happiness can, can be only reached if we break through those mundane routines that we have been so used to throughout our life? And 
your life was somewhat controlled or shaped by the pressures of your culture and societal views of marital standards and being a wife and being a mother. And ironically, it was a sense of rejection that propelled you into leadership and independency and also self-worthliness. So I wanted to dig a little bit into your story, Tin, if you could go more into who you are, where you are from, and just the makeup of the societal views of marriage and submission. So, um, again, my name is Ten. Um, I'm known as the ex um, that no longer carries someone else's identity. And um, I say that to say that um, married 20 years, um, divorce came at a price that totally um, shook me and the breakaway um, uh, from that toxicity was one that left me super numb. I, um, of course, my passion, um, living with rejection and living with narcissism, um, for me, turned me into a passion advocate. And, and I and I challenge women alike um, to be sensitive going forward in whatever situation that you're in. Like I said, it's just not just is not narrowed down to divorce, but we go through so many different facets of life. And I challenge women alike to be sensitive to understanding that life does happen and that it visits us all at the end of the day. Um, for me, life interruption was very devastating and it left me with scars that uh, kept me in those cycles of hopelessness. And so I have become, I've made it my responsibility um, to understand that a brokenness just doesn't affect you know, one person or the victim, it actually affects everybody else that's connected to them. And so I started a nonprofit, Rejected Not, and um, that's what I'm geared to. I seek to change the narrative of rejection and to positively contribute to the mental health of just that one person and everybody else connected to them. Right. So it you are doing amazing work and what really stu- stood out to me was you said that you know brokenness just doesn't affect the vi- the victim but it affects everything and everyone connected to them and um often when we're going through these different situations we don't realize that the energy and just the barriers that are on us sometimes they can be you know um I don't want to say exposed to someone else, but sometimes we give off that same energy that we're going through. And it can be just a a toxic environment for everyone around us. But when you said that you were dealing with, uh, you know, just, I don't want to call him toxic or anyone, but just when you realize that the marriage that you in, it didn't quite fit for you. And, what was that pivotal moment or that point within your marriage when you felt as although you were living in someone else's shadow or there was an inability for you to be have your own opinion or have your own you know set of goals or your own values when was that really Uh interrupted or was it that way from the very beginning so if, if you don't mind, if I can start asking just three, a three-part question and then I'll break it down to way I, I can answer all of your questions. If, if I was just to ask you, um, what do you, to you, what does the word reject mean? Like, what do you think when you hear someone say just the word reject? What does that, what does that trigger in your head or how does that make you feel? So um, often I would think of rejection as someone, you know, shunning or pushing you away or keeping you out of something. So ultimately, 
the sense or the word of rejection, as I mentioned earlier, it can have like a negative effect on folks, right? It's almost like um, seclusion or trying to say that someone, you know, isn't supposed to be of this group or just within the situation at all. Correct. Okay, so for me, uh, reject the not is, uh, is a three-part step. And and to answer your question, in 20 years, my marriage, it was not, it was, I had a happy marriage. And at some point, I got so engrossed in being that woman, that mother, um, done everything to this one person, that even when narcissism kicked in, I didn't recognize it. I actually opened the door and invited it in my home hoping to change it um, and convince it and, and, and change it into love, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, reject, reject, when I, when I see the word reject and why I went reject or not, is reject is the offense that labels me. So the infidelity, the, the you don't do that, that's what labeled me in, in, in my marriage. And then when I looked at the word rejected, um, I was rejected as imperfect. So I felt like the betrayal and everything that he brought within the home um, labeled me as imperfect because he never exhibited the qualities of um, of feeling guilty or, or you know, of, of, of trying to fix what he had broken or what was broken. Um, and so when I, when I boiled it down to reject or not, it, that was the final stage of my marriage. Like, no, I'm not rejected. Um, it became a decision that I had to make to break away from that toxicity. And um, being courageous is, is what I stand for. And it's about... It's about presence and living in the moment of boundaries and boldness. So I didn't know what boundaries were throughout my marriage. I thought you get married to one person, everything you do, you do for them. And that's that submissive, the submissiveness and the misunderstanding of where submission lies. Submission does, the Bible does want us to, to, to be submissive. And culturally, that's what I grew up being taught. However, we were never taught the boundaries. I was never taught those boundaries. And... Uh, Growing up, you know, the law of uh, attraction suggests that, you know, whatever you think about or whatever you, 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 you want to happen in life will manifest if you think about it that way. So I grew up connected to that idea of, to that suggestion anyway, to say the least. Um, I grew up connected to the suggestion that whatever I wanted would become. And so um, being human, um, I became controlling. And that control factor became a part of my life, and I'm not proud of that, but that's what I brought into my marriage, because if I wanted things to happen a certain way, I had to be in some kind of control, and then things would happen, but God had a different plan for me, and he changed that method on me, and um, um, to, and to, 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 to really put it all in, 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 in perspective, um, when things changed, empathy lacked within within our marriage, and because empathy lacked, I felt so alone, and there were no options available for me to have that deep rooted conversation with the person that had that had introduced that that betrayal in my life. Um, I didn't care for the details at the time, you know. I didn't I didn't care about the details of the intimacy or whatever had happened um, because I knew I couldn't handle the pain. I just wanted to know what had motivated him at the time to 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 do what you know to introduce that kind of pain in our relationship i just wanted to know what he valued about coming home i wanted to know what he valued when he saw his kids at the end of the day um 
you know, and when that didn't happen, um, and when he controlled how we interacted and controlled conversations and controlled when you needed to laugh and when I needed to be happy and controlled my circle of friends and controlled who I spent time with, um, when I was living in that isolation, um, the enemy, that isolation was trickery because in that isolation, I was tricked into believing that if I held on long enough, um, and if I proved long enough, I thought the blessing was on the other side of right. holding on. Of, of, I thought the blessing was on the other side of, of proving long enough that I could take the punches and, and I could take the blows. Um, and, and when that didn't happen, I thought, you know, I, I really thought God wanted me to prove that, you know, I, I could fight for the things that I loved. I could fight for something that I loved. And that's what I thought the narrative of my life was. And um, the more I fought, the more it got worse. And so when when that trickery um, happened during isolation where I was waiting and waiting and waiting for them to change and they never changed and they didn't change, um, I think that was the most painful piece. So it wasn't that I decided to walk away. The fence was on me, but they got to walk away. And that was the most, that was the most painful part of my life. Like I waited on them to change, but they walked out on me and yet I was the one that they, that they offended. Um, and so that process alone brought me back to um, who I was as a child. Um, who my grandmother had taught me, um, the things that she had taught me about Jesus as a kid. Um, I always say that she gave me Jesus because she she taught me the Bible stories and the, the, the parables that she taught me as a kid always taught me this courage and they introduced me to this courage in Jesus that at that little age I, I didn't understand but at this point in my life I reconnected back with because it, it made me realize that in everything, Jesus was always courageous. Right. And um, that's the point where I was alone and isolated, that, that he whispered to me that I mattered, mm -hmm. that I really, really mattered, and that 99% um, of, of me and my emotions and everything depended on myself, and his 1% didn't matter, you know? Right. And so at that time, many emotions and negative um, emotions that started to control me, um, and that rejection had taken me back to early days in my childhood. Um, and so it was just in that understanding that I took to journaling, and you were asking me about my story journals. I took to journaling because I had no one else to talk to. Family didn't hear me. They couldn't hear me because he was this perfect person on the outside. So it didn't matter what I said to them. It didn't matter how much I cried. They didn't hear me. Um, and that's a narcissist is so good at, at a facade and they bought into that facade. And so I took to journaling and, you know, because on the face of it all, it seemed like we had it all together. You know, I had a right. career, I had two beautiful kids, I had a 20 year old marriage under my belt. And, um, you know, I, I was raised in an environment that had saved, served me, um, some form of parental favoritism, but, at this point, you know, I took to journaling because there was no one else I could talk to. And journaling in itself um, made me realize or brought me back to understanding forgiveness. And, um, you and, know, and even within forgiveness, you have to also know that throughout everything, you have to first forgive yourself, right? Absolutely. And, <laughs> and what, um, what stood out to me, even 
within your story for one I feel with the the pressures of society with me myself I am I'm a Catholic Christian right and Mm -hmm. the stigma of divorce and trying to weigh out a marriage even when you are being hurt even when you know there's infidelity when there's cheating when there's violence that that one you know what we don't believe in divorce you have to stick it Mm -hmm. out so Mm -hmm. even with me hearing that throughout my adolescent years throughout my childhood what i was taught in school i would see people with me even being a child in toxic relationships and toxic marriages and when i got to college with me dating i thought that okay if i'm dating someone Mm -hmm. and they cheat or if i hear rumors it's okay Mm -hmm. we're supposed to work through this and if there's longevity in it it doesn't matter and those things we even like with women in our family and sometimes our our religious views and society that is so hurtful and detrimental as it you know as you get older because you sometimes don't even see your own self-worth within any of this because you assume that this is supposed to happen this is just how life is and you even said that you know you were looking for that person to simply apologize and admit their wrongs and it was something that you had never gotten so within the process of you looking for someone to say hey i'm sorry you had to once forgive yourself for thinking that right and then finding that sense of healing throughout it all when you realize that that maybe that sense of rejection or him walking away was somewhat of a blessing and it's yeah it was it's in life it's like in life sometimes we whenever we're at rock bottom it's it's our foundation and our foundation well that foundation for me is the same as with you that foundation in christ you know it i hate to say it at times sometimes when you're at wit's (laughs) end and you feel like your life is going crazy that's when that relationship is strengthened but right it's like, you know, I, I don't know anyone else to call on. This world is crazy. Like you said, right. you know, even those that you were right. the closest to, your family, they only saw what they could see, right? That outside view. They weren't inside your home. They only saw you the journey of your marriage you and your um your beautiful children. So all of that within itself, I think it was a sense of liberation for you. Because you, you are finding who you were and also within that journaling. I've always journaled since a child, since second grade, dear diary, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and not realizing that this was a tool that I could use use as I gotten older to just lay out everything. My dreams, right. my shortcomings, just how I'm interacting right. with people. It's very, very right. useful. Um right. so yeah, so your interactive journals, this was well first you said it was, you know, a sense of you, uh a sense of healing for you in your journaling. How did you really get into that the interactive journals was a, a space or a platform that others could use to heal as well? So for me, the reason, the, how I got into um, journaling was it, it, it all boiled back down to understanding uh, where I came from, the roots. Like traditional norms suggest that infidelity 
um, is a norm, right? Mm-hmm. And normally when it occurs to, to someone, it's either something that they've done wrong or the person that was cheated on must have contributed to it, right? And so with me, faced and stared with that, like, I felt guilty to some point because of that traditional understanding of it must be you, it must be you. And for me, journaling was self-reflective. It was an introspective that allowed me to to talk about what I was going through within myself, within that paper and pen. And the introspection came in moments when I was seeking God and I'd go back to journaling and it would be like, you know what, really honestly, it's not me, you know, because you get into that phase of it must have been me. And when I talk about him walking away, narcissism has such a great way of making you feel like you're the problem, mm-hmm. right? And so um, when a woman's emotions or value is driven by that culture, the cultural incentives um, that were displayed by generations before us to stay in toxic relationships, um, and it robs the empathy out of two people that are going through stuff, one of them feels so neglected. And so for me, journaling was my way out journaling was introspective journaling was god talking to me those inner thoughts and those inner god talks to and the holy spirit is just amazing because in in journaling and in having that conversation with that piece of paper i was able to um then reflect back and introspect and then figure out a way of what am i feeling at this moment and what do i need to to, to do to get out of this particular um tight space and those are the things that I journaled, the things that I did, whether it was, you know, my prayers, my, my, my prayer closet, whether it was activities that I did. I have pages and pages of journals that go back to when all of this started. And now I can connect the dots and now I see God's hand at work on where I was, what I felt at the moment when I felt that he wasn't there, what he allowed me to experience and how he helped me navigate through that moment onto the next phase, onto the next phase, onto the, until I got to the point that I'm at. And so that's what um, triggered and that's what um, encouraged me to create these journals because not everybody's available to uh, or comfortable finding a safe place for someone to talk to. And so for me, giving a person a gift of, hey, here's an interactive journal, here's my story, and I and I navigate my story, I, I talk about my story, and it's all in hiding, and it's death, and at the end of each chapter, we get to interact, you know, I get to tap into the authentic side of you, I get to tap into who you are as a person, like I tap into myself, and we walk through those charts, you know, those channels throughout the whole book. So every chapter is different. Every chapter touches on a different space um, of my of my relationship, of my life, myself. And so everybody gets connected and everybody gets to, you know, I, I haven't met anybody that hasn't, um, you know, um, been like, oh, my goodness, you know, I can so reflect on, like, this is so me. And so when I read books sometimes, just to give you another example, I would read books. It didn't matter who I was reading, whether it's Sarah Jacks or whoever. I would always make notes like, oh, my gosh, this is so me. And so why not give or put out some a book, a journal, and give somebody space in your world to journal and, and reflect back um, with what you're talking about? Right. And that's really beautiful um, because something else that you said that, we when we share with others um our story you know it can literally mean literally mean the difference between life and death right and 
when we're going through certain things, you, um, you know, you said that you battled depression and suicidal thoughts. And I have been in that very same place. And once you are uplifted and you find that channel of something that helped you to get out of that, there's definitely a ministry in sharing your story and sharing your work yeah. and sharing those tools and resources with others. Because what, what good does it do if you can say that I'm a survivor and I stand strong and I exactly. was able to heal and get out of this? If you can't help the next person who may be, you know, going through something very similar and within that, within itself, um, just the whole sense of women empowerment and empowering and uplifting, and encouraging each other, the importance of there's healing within women empowerment, right? Mm-hmm. So sharing Absolutely. your story and creating these journals and creating this outlet to heal and help someone and heal and give someone else a sense of hope and forgiveness, that's that's pivotal within um, closing out someone's chapter and beginning a new one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and with, with, just just you sharing that alone and, and saying, you know, it's the difference between life and death. You're absolutely right. But it's so hard. And, and I think part of what I do is to encourage people to share their story. So it's not just on me because it took people to share their story with me. It took somebody the courage to share their story with me to say, hey, you're not alone. Had I had those conversations sooner, I would have healed and I would have been able to understand who I was earlier and sooner. So, you know, keeping things to yourself doesn't really help you heal because you always live in the shadow of, do they know? Does somebody know? And it doesn't matter. That's what God has allowed you to journey. So create that platform for him. And to me, my scars, I wear my scars differently. I wear them proud. I, it doesn't matter. That stigma. My mom's a pastor, and I come from a lineage of reverends and pastors, and divorce is taboo in my family. But you know what? I was that generation. I am that one person. Like the generation that comes after me is going to be so proud of me because it, the curse stops with me. Yes. That toxicity curse stops right here. Yes. And they will get to say, she stopped that. I get to do that. Oh, she stopped that. And I know my peers and I know the culture out there. My, my, my peers are proud of who I've become because I stand up for boundaries. I stand up for, for God-given boundaries. It's okay to be a woman that's submissive, but it's not okay to be a woman that's, sub- that's submissive without boundaries at the cost of somebody else's identity. That's not who God created us to be. And for me to sit here and not live out what he has taught me to be the salt and the flavor to the world. He says in Matthew, go and be the, add flavor to the world. Go and add flavor to the world. I am adding flavor to the world and I am adding, this is my flavor that I'm adding back into the world to give that one person, that one person the courage to stand up and create healthy boundaries, whether you're still in a marriage or you're not. This just doesn't apply to divorce or whatever. This applies to somebody who even even still in a marriage because God wants us to um, try our level best. And I did that. I did that. That's why I stayed in what I stayed in for a long time because I was hoping and trusting God to change it. But right. God allowed that thing to walk away because it wasn't about me. Right. It wasn't about me it was really about his ultimate glory and he allowed me to do that 
for that one person out there. So I'm not big on, hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing, I don't do what I do to secure the bag. And I always say, I know this whole women empowerment thing is about, you know, embossed women and let's empower the bag. To me, women empowerment is planting a seed. seed yes. Women empowerment mm-hmm. is planting a seed, taking what you have and giving it to another, equipping them with what you have so they can be healthy, so they can pass that on. So that's what I am about. Yes. I, that's what I'm always about. That's what I wake up to do. I don't, I don't, I don't have resources, but I, God has just given me the gift of, of paying love forward and he shows up every single day. I love it, Tin. And you, you said, you know, you don't have resources, but your resources is simply sharing your story and creating that mm-hmm. platform of healing for mm-hmm. individuals. So, um, you know, everything that you said was really empowering within itself. Even when you stated that you should be submissive, but submission also involves having those boundaries. And um, that that's a key component within any relationship. And just as God allowed someone to walk away, he also allow someone to walk into your life right there is Mm -hmm. glory at the end of the story because you were able to connect and also remarry so yes yeah yes so please 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 share that (laughs) yes I'm married to the most beautiful human being on this earth. Honestly, he's been my friend for years, and I did not see that coming at all. Um, someone I call my brother, someone I that always just looked out for me. And to be honest with you, um, he saw the beauty in my journey. He got to see me from a distance, journeying through all this, um, all this a break. Um, even when I was dating and even when I was, you know, he saw it all. Um, I didn't know. I, I had no idea. And God has such a humor where, you know, I, I sometimes I'm like, what if, what if this person had married me? What if this person had married me? But he always responds and he says, I always knew deep down in my heart that you needed to go to what you needed to. And if you were mine, you were going to be mine eventually. And there was never a day that he manipulated the relationship and the friendship that we have. And that's what I loved about him. He never, I came from a manipulative relationship. Mm-hmm. And because I had been in that for so long, it would have been so easy for him to manipulate me um, into becoming, you know, anything that he wanted me to be because I, was, I wanted that love. I was looking for love in the wrong places. And he saw that. He, he saw that, but there was never a day that he he shunned me away or talked crazy because he loved me even more. He allowed me to look for love in the wrong places, but he loved me enough to watch me fall. He would pick me up, he, he you know, wipe my tears off, and he would he would cheer me on. And like I'm saying, God has a funny a sense of humor, and the very person that should have at this point been like, ah, you got so much going on was the very person that, that went down on one knee and promised I would never shed a tear ever in my life. And um, I'm living that today. Yes. He is a beautiful man. And that story within itself is so beautiful. You know, you 
And I want women to hear this and to not give up and have a sense of hopelessness, even when they come from, you know, a marriage that just isn't for them or if it's if it's toxic or whatever, if it's, you know, with infidelity, if there's pressures from society or just the pressures of their family when you're trying to search who you are in yourself and, you know, battling self that there is a way to to cope and to yeah. heal and to come out of it yeah. and there is you know there's there's a future there's hope yes. to find love Absolutely. and that can be there found at at any age you know again society may pressure you to feel that okay hey once you reach this age this is it you know <laughs> like no but you know what the secret is the mm-hmm. secret is you you matter. Remember when I told you God whispered to me that I mattered. That's right. the secret. Mm-hmm. You matter. So the moment you realize that you matter, and the moment you ground yourself in your purpose and what God is a day, I promise you that Boaz is right there. Like he will come. Like I promise you, he is there for you. God just wants you to know who you are. So the next person doesn't take advantage of who God created you to be. And once you start walking in that, I promise you, you, you're going to hear stories of people listening to this podcast years from today coming back to say, oh my goodness, this just happened to me. Right. You walk in your purpose. I promise yes. you. Yes. I promise you. Yes. So, Tin, is there any way that someone can reach out to you? Do you have any social media media handles or um, any way they can contact you with Rejected Not Ministries, God Snatch, your interactive journals? How can folks reach you? People can reach me. I'm not big on Facebook, but I'm big on um, Instagram. So you can reach me at Tendai Speaks, and that's one zero underscore D-Y-E underscore Speaks. Uh, or you can reach me at God Snatched, G-O-D Snatched, um, at Rejected Not. And what God Snatched is, is a wine brand that I created. It's a conversation piece that God has allowed me and that is allowing me to bless uh, women with. So when I um, encounter women that are empowering other women and planting seeds, not securing the bag, right. uh, planting mm-hmm. seeds of hope, my brand is more than happy to donate wine, to sponsor wine to whatever event you're having. And that's where God has me right now, to plant seeds of conversation. It's a wine brand, and you can hit me up on Tendai Speaks, um, and I'll be more than happy to um, to love on your tribe. You can send me a DM, you can follow me, and let's do life together. Let's, let's get into planting so we can see God harvest a beautiful souls and happy beings um in in today's culture it's much needed thank you so much tin i i I can just feel your your genuine spirit as we speak from you all the way in texas uh to louisiana thank you so much (laughs) for for simply joining today no problem so audience in closing Always remember that your story is not solely for you. It's meant to be shared with other women and just people in general to provide hope to those facing similar hurdles. You don't have to be ashamed and you definitely don't have to be afraid to share. You are a victor. You are a winner and you will not be defeated. You declare growth and prosperity over your life and troubles don't last always. You are brilliant, bold, and beautiful. You are her, heroic 
empowering, and resilient. Thank you all so much for listening. If you have the opportunity to share, please share. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Her Story Podcast is available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also listen on Instagram at Her Story Podcast. Again, this is Jay Jameson, and we are out. Music